Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. I need, I need to have some cathartic feelings about Remember Me. So, like, we'll get there because, like, right now it's the future or whatever. But, like, it's 9-11 when this is happening. So, like, America or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> I just, like, forced Cody to start recording because I'm, I need to talk about Sandra Bullock for, like, two seconds. <laughs> because no one ever lets me talk about Sandra Bullock the amount that I want to. And it's, it's, and what a perfect opportunity in this Twilight themed podcast. (laughs) Maybe we can just do a bonus Jonas is the problem. It's just on Sandra Bullock, her whole filmography. Does she not have a filmography that warrants a bonus Jonas? Okay. Yeah. She has a very, um, (laughs) her filmography is, uh, being a white savior in every movie she's ever in. (laughs) true yeah first she's got a got a history of that anyway what were you saying all i wanted to talk about is there are there are several i'd say there are three prominent sandra bullock movies when i think about fundamental to my growth and also to my growth uh-huh. <laughs> one the lake house yeah two the prince of egypt okay and tied for three is <laughs> hope. Not how <laughs> to uh, number three. Tied tied for number three is three A. Three A is hope floats. Three B is practical magic. Three uh-huh. C is mystery oh <laughs> <laughs> I feel hoodwinked. <laughs> and then the one that is most influential of recent years is Ocean's Eight. Oh, of course. All I'm saying is that there should be a bonus Jonas about Sandra Bullock. Sure. That is my... No one has requested it, but I am putting it forth into our motion. Allie already has a PowerPoint made, so really just whenever. <laughs> You're not looking at it, but I am looking at it. <laughs> oh my god, we can do like a like a video version where you're just like screen recording the PowerPoint. Oh my gosh. talking over it. That'd be great. I What I would give to have... My whole life has been leading up to me having a PowerPoint about my love for Sandra Bullock. Yeah, let's make it happen. <sighs> okay. <laughs> this is nothing. I just needed to finally, <laughs> someone to let me finally speak about Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Ali begged me to start recording. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed someone to finally listen to me for once. <laughs> someone to please listen to me okay i just needed to get that off my chest no for sure you deserve Um, it okay so now cody in the future can you please can you please put some royalty free somber music (laughs) under my voice of course because i need to 
I need to give just a, a moment in mourning. Actually, no, that might be really insensitive. Um, yeah, it's a bit. <laughs> but I, I just need to talk just really quick about Remember Me. Yeah. Um, because this is, today when we are recording is September 11th, and the only way that I know how to talk about this day is humor. Um, yeah. Because it, in my experience, this is literally most of my waking member, like, Mm-hmm. most of my cognitive memory probably yep. more so yours yep. than yeah so um let's talk about remember me because that's the only connection to today so yeah. <laughs> uh welcome to enter the twilight and also welcome to a lot of news about our pets yeah it is an our pets heavy news week and also case two and yes. dakota johnson and, and all, all of things our faves. good Cause it's fucking tiff, baby. It might have just ended when we're when this is out, but it was tiff, aka the Toronto International Film Festival, and so all the lads, all the ladies, all the ghouls were out <laughs> and hanging out and schmoozing and having their films, and it was great content. Otherwise, as I like to call it, tiff. <laughs> You have to say it very apathetic. You have to say it right. like you would have said it in late high school. Sure. Just very yeah. like, you're over it. It's right. done. It's not cool anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very excited about all the things that have come out of this. Because Tiff is when we found out about the new Lighthouse trailer, yes? Um, or was well, that unrelated? So, kind of unrelated, but also related. So, the lighthouse was at TIFF, so people saw it at TIFF. Ooh! Um, and I think it was at Sundance before? Maybe maybe another one that was more recent. Uh, there were so many films. There's, there's a lot of festivals, whatever. <laughs> whatever. So I think because of that, and to push it a little bit more, and also it's coming out somewhat soon, um, there's, like, a new full trailer. Um, and so our boys... Um, were there and they were screaming and yelling and not really speaking a lot of English. <laughs> Same. Just y- communicating through yells and it was great. Um, also, shout out to my boy Luke Hicks, whose uh, quote from his review was in that trailer. Woo! Over Willem Dafoe's face. I just screamed and scared the crap out of my cat. Sorry. You know, he just that's jumped. Fine. Uh, it is very apropos that I named this cat Spooks, because every time I make any sort of noise, he's just like, can you not, can you not do that? <laughs> <laughs> My cat, who has anxiety, is just like, please stop. Um, yeah. Yes. So I, as someone who likes cinema, but it's not a film. <laughs> uh, film. <laughs> I just, one day, I, I mean, I don't wish that I could make phlegm in my mouth, but <laughs> for the purpose of a bit... <laughs> For the purpose of a bit, it would be nice one of these days to be able to have phlegm in my mouth to do these things. Sure. Um, I, yes, I, yay, cinema is basically what cinema. I'm trying to say. I'm so fucking excited for this movie. Me too. I, I loved all of the the tweets that I got to see of them just, of everyone just being like, what, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> very, what? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I love, I love these very confused men. My two dads. Yes. See dads. See dads. See dads. See dads. See men? 
Yeah. I am. <laughs> listen, I have to listen to middle schoolers make these jokes all day, okay? It gets stuck in my head. Uh-huh. It's not me. It's not me. It's just my brain. <laughs> me to my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I'm just paving new roads, okay? It's just yeah. not my fault. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since we talked about Dakota Johnson and Jamie Jordan. Let's start there. Yeah, let's go back to our our, our boys. Especially because I want to talk a lot about this website titled Morning Picker and their logo. <laughs> Please go ahead. Um, I know I, I can already hear the podcast reviews, the comments of like, Excuse me, um, this is an audio medium. Can you all please stop? It's been three years. You talk so much about <laughs> visual things on this yeah. podcast. Um, but listen, that's like all the things I know how to do with comedy. So can you just like, can please you just let, let me, let God, we need this. <laughs> Anyways, if you just go to Morning Picker and you look at Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan at TIFF, um, their logo is one of the only things I've ever cared about in my whole life. Um, uh-huh. I don't even know how to describe this font other than something that a kindergartner teacher would use. Yeah, it looks like someone who is currently a kindergarten teacher, but before that went on a very, very impactful Eat, Pray, Love journey. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say kindergarten teacher who also has a, like, Saturday market craft shop. Oh, yeah, for sure. Has, like, an Etsy situation. Uh, yeah. Go, hits up the fucking farmer's market and just has a fucking table there. Yep. Yeah, it's very, I don't even know that it's, like, it's very homegrown, I would say. Um, yeah. Which I, I love. Um, and it's, it's just got, like, a coffee cup as an O. It's, there's a lot to it. Um, but these photos of, of Jamie and Dakota on the carpet are beautiful. Just fantastic. They're, they're what should have been in the movies and it kills me every day. Yeah. Um, this is the elegance. This is the power couple. This is the chemistry. Yeah. I needed when they were actually supposed to be playing alongside each other. Honestly. Do you know what Dakota I... Dakota Johnson's <sighs> in the best looking dress. It's so beautiful. The, like, sheer corset top Ugh, and the tool like bottom. It's like a poofy tool bottom. <sighs> you know what I do notice when she's smiling? Ugh. Stop. I'm still not over it. Her smile is beautiful. <sighs> There's just that no gap. I miss her so much. Yeah, it's it's very it's a gorgeous dress. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, Jamie Dornan in this like sweater and white button up, giving very much like very daddy looks. I love yeah. it a lot. I don't think he owns any other outfits, to be honest. It's just yeah, like that's fine. He rocks it. It it's very it's very flattering on him. It's the same in which Christian Grey just has a billion of the same, like, white steam shirts and, like, yeah. jackets in his closet, just one after another. It's him with these fucking, like, polo sweaters. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. yeah. They they look beautiful. I'm very proud oh. of them. Um, I wish them all the best. Yeah. Um, and I think 
if I remember right, um, Dakota was there for the friend, but she's also in like a current movie too. Um, the like I think it's called the Peanut Butter Falcon or something yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen that yet, but I've heard that it's quite good. Yeah. So best of luck to them. Um, okay, so we have two Kesu things right now. Um, one beep, from beep, beep, beep. Kesu corner. Thank you. Um, oh. One from Tiff, which you had some news about on Twitter. Would you like to discuss that? My two favorite people. I can't. I can't. In the whole world. <laughs> the only people I would just, like, willingly throw myself in front of a bus for without knowing them at all. You know what I mean? Like, I just trust them, and I love them. And it's Kaysu and Taika Waititi. My parents, but also who I would marry. Yeah. Oh, God. They're so good, and are friends question mark which like broke me i like i can't there's a they took a beautiful photo together and i am floored flabbergasted it just just, it's so good i didn't know that i needed it until i had it it's like unlikely animal friendships and i'm so so into it so i couldn't be more delighted of a combination of people in my entire life. Yeah, I I love it more than I could have ever realized, um, which I is beautiful and I'm grateful for. Um, do you ever just need to sneeze so much that you want to die? <laughs> um, okay, great. Um, there's so much I love here. First of all, Kesu. Yes. Um, her eyeliner is like... God. Just, you could fucking cut a man with it. Yeah, and people like to say that, but this is, like, serious. <laughs> like, <laughs> like think, for real, though. I think it could be a knife. <laughs> um, and, and for always, I, Tyga just, like, can't take a straight photo to no. s- save his life, and I love that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's beautiful. I love all of this, um, and... What I love is that I found a, an EW article, and the the headline of it is what I value the most out of everything, which is, um, it says, let Taika Waititi direct Case you in a movie, you cowards. And I was like, Nick Romano, you understand. <laughs> like, you get you it. You get it. You get it. Because um, I, I just want to see, like, that powerhouse together, especially given, like, Kesu's just background right um and like her experience with him as well i would just want to know what kind of project that would look like on screen yeah yeah it'd be such such a good collabo you know yeah i'm honestly honestly shaking (laughs) i just Uh, i'm I'm just furious emotionally unstable um speaking about being emotionally unstable um (laughs) There, I just, mm, uh, <laughs> um, um, Sue was recently asked about her opinions on Arpats, um, and his role with Batman, um, because, of course, um, aside from the fact that she is doing everything right now and is being amazing, um, of, no one wants to talk about anything else other than 
our paths with her yeah. because of course. Yeah. All right. Um, and I feel like that's like been her life, but especially now that our paths has the Batman role, it's like more than usual. Sure. Um, but I did appreciate that during this um, red carpet interview, gosh, my God, um, when that she had with Variety, mm-hmm. she said of him, uh, quote, oh man, I feel like he's the only guy that could play that part. I'm so happy for him. It's crazy. And I was like, oh, that's Babies. very pure. Yeah. Um, and so even though it's like a part of me is very annoyed that cause she has a lot of accomplishments. That, right. And she still has to be talking about Robert. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's very nice to hear that yeah. kind of praise um, and support for someone that, you know, she has such a past and a history with, um. which is nice. My favorite part of this is that at some point the interviewer accidentally blurts out something about our pets' cheekbones. <laughs> and the the commentary at Cinema Blend is just like, but Kristen Stewart was too excited to notice. <laughs> yeah, I that's same. I yeah, for sure. Um that feels either like Casey was overwhelmed and honestly didn't hear her. Um, Or she was like, I'm just gonna. (laughs) Also, if you scroll down to the actual interview, can we just talk about this little ascot she's wearing? I I tried to ignore it because I'm not emotionally able to. (laughs) I actually, please don't talk to me about it. I I cannot. I, uh, the looks provided at TIFF are actually breaking me apart. Yeah, we will die. Um, I just... Who gave you the right is all yeah, I'm asking. I'm furious. I, it's, can, can someone at least ask us? Yeah, can you at least brief us. me before? It's give all me I'm, a debrief. Just give me like a day's warning so that when I see this, when I'm walking down the stairs after a school day, I just don't like collapse is all I'm yeah. saying. It's just been too much. Okay. Um, the last bit of news that when you're listening to this will have happened, um, which we definitely have heard by the time that this has come out. Sure. Can have an actual review of it right now. Yep. Yep. Um, because the benefit of, of doing the work that we do, um, and have, having done it for so long is that we have exclusive access to the work that we have, um, which is grateful. I'm so thankful to Elizabeth Banks um, and the work that she has, which is great. So we were able to get exclusive access to this song before it came out. Um, everything I'm saying is a lie. Um, yes, we are lies. <laughs> um, but there, there was just like a six-second clip that Ariana Grande put out for the new Charlie's Angels, Angels song. Um that is coming out on the 13th. It'll be out when this episode is out. Um, I'm very excited to see it and hear it. Because just the preview looks great. Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, Lana looks great. Everyone is just stunting on them. Um, Miley looks great. Ari looks great. I'm very curious how this is going to go. So, yes, I'm. it'll be out when this is out. I want to know more now. Yes, give me. So, we will have more thoughts next week, for sure. 
Hell yeah. Yes. Um, we have a follow-up. I think, well, we've got, we've got some listener questions, but I think we have a follow-up from last week. But I don't remember the context of this. Do you? This is something you brought up last week. God, fuck. Because um, there was, like, a poem referenced in the chapters, and you were like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, I don't know. And that was it. Uh, but now we have an answer. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, that's all I needed. Um, so, <laughs> someone on Twitter mentioned that... Okay. Yes. <laughs> that was the red string I needed. When we were reading our chapters from you last week, um, Joe mentioned a poem when he was on the beach with the beach with Peach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, My favorite kids book. Yes. And if I if I remember correctly, it was him and the po- the poem was about like him and Jesus and Jesus like carrying him on his shoulders or something. Mm-hmm. think that is how it all makes up. Um, and I was like, I I did not remember this poem at all or having ever heard of it. Uh, yeah. And so someone on Twitter said, um, I'm listening to your newest podcast episode right now and just got to the poem part. The poem Joe references is called Footsteps, and it's highly unlikely he'd have learned it in school unless he went to a Christian school. Now, (laughs) this brings up something very interesting to me because the lore that Joe went to a Christian school definitely tracks for me. Um, If we remember right, are his parents dead? Or are they just like very much out of the picture? I think they're dead. Okay. I think they're dead. Because like his only father figure is Mr. Mooney, right? Mr. Mooney. Okay, so if they were, if they were dead, he might have... You don't know how long they've been dead. (laughs) True. Okay, because I was thinking, like, adopted and then, like, taken in by the church, gone to, like, Christian school or something. But that is, like, yeah. Okay, well, maybe he is either well-read because of Mr. Mooney. Sure. Yeah. Or something. But that is good background information to know. Um, do you want to read one of our first passion questions? Boy, do I. Okay, please do. Uh, this is from Rebecca, who says, What do you guys think about Forever Dawn, the original sequel to Twilight and end of the series, and the fact that some portions were taken and put in Breaking Dawn, and how it affected the character development of Bella and Jacob? Now, Allie, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm so glad that you asked me about this, Cody. Uh-huh. In fact, I've been waiting for you to ask me about this uh-huh. for so long. So, let me send you really quick oh, um, what the... What Stephanie Meyer's self-designed title or um, self-designed cover looked like for this, just so that you can kind of in your mind imagine this as we are talking about it. So, um, Forever Dawn, as was mentioned here, was the 
like the unpublished sequel um, for Twilight, and it was written originally for Steph's like own pleasure. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. It looks like a romance novel, doesn't it? Yeah. It's what awful. the fuck? <laughs> well, you can how have ta- we never talked about this? I don't we know. did all of fucking Twilight, all of it, and this hasn't been brought up once? I, it's because I think I've tried to, like, shove it down and forget about it. <laughs> Repress this. Oh, I mean, I would, too. Jesus. Well, it's just, Stephanie Meyer's self-designed cover looks like, it looks like someone's middle school project of, like, hi, I've read all of Jane Austen's books. Yeah. Let oh me my god. Rip- Remember those books that were like Jane Austen, but there's like zombies or something. Stop. Yes. This is what that looks like. Yeah, the Pride and Prejudice and zombies and stuff. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Um so according to her, the this book um didn't fit in with like the YA audience. Mm-hmm. Um because like Forever Dawn basically just, like, skipped her high school experience um, and goes to a time with, quote, like, more mature themes. Mm. Mature. (laughs) (laughs) Give me Uh, some of those adult themes, baby. Which, like, keep in mind Stephanie, right? Which is just, like, what what was mature for that time? (laughs) Anyways. um, Because of the fact that it wasn't published, she... Just, like, and it had those mature themes. It ended up just being a gift that she gave to her older sister. So it was just, like, fan fiction. Wow. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I don't know. I swear that we talked about this. I guess I we... T- don't recall this at all. No, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe oh, it was oh just... Okay. So, it's anyway. It's good to know that there were things that I, you know didn't still was naive about the twilight saga yeah. now my brain is broken i've just been earwormed <laughs> into a nightmare but now there's some there's still some corners i think that are there yeah um because of the fact that you know there was the maturity it skipped over it wasn't really why appropriate she just gave it uh-huh. to her sister um there was no real plans that she wanted to like publish it um and because like the the plot of some of those things she ended up later like using as she continued the series. Um, but she did promise her fans to read some of those excerpts um, later on. However, she didn't end up doing that um, because she didn't want to spoil the plot line for Eclipse and Breaking Dawn. Sure. Um, and publishing Forever Dawn would have meant like, kind of spoiling what ended up, like, drawing out and, like, making her more money and stuff. Um, Sure. So, that was it. Um, Basically, what it was, like, the plot of it was, it went from Twilight where they just, like, Forever Dawn, like, starts off um, with basically just, like, Breaking Dawn, where they get married, they spend their honeymoon, they conceive Renesmee, those kinds of things. Um, and Alice, like, still has the vision of the Volturi. Um, and they, like, have the fight. She, like, shows the vision. Things like that. Interesting. 
Yeah, so it just, like, skipped over New Moon and Eclipse. Right. Huh. So, like, what would have been a duo, she beefed out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you say she cut to the feeling? <sighs> uh, yes. Yes, I would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> um, but, so, to get to the original question here... Um, how it affected the character development of Bella and Jacob, I think what it ended up doing is I do think that it it showed some of the growth of the friendship of Bella and Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think what that ends up doing is showing some of the stakes of... Like, I do think that it shows... I don't know. I liked that it was able to, like, have some away time, right? Sure. Of, like, not something other than just Bella and Edward. But I do think that because of that, it does make the, like, I don't know that it's necessarily a betrayal, but, like, the the imprinting on Renesmee by Jacob more like a, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> kind of thing. Interesting. But yeah, so that's Forever Dawn, I guess, the the ugly stepchild of the whole thing. Can we read it? Is this available? Um, As far as I know, it's not. As far as I know, it's not, um, it's not like, uh, Midnight Sun where it's published anywhere. Um, but I can do a little bit of digging and... We can do some Googles. Yeah, I can, I can see... If it exists anywhere. Stephanie, let us have it. Yeah, it's been a while since I have done some, like, deep digging for it. Sure. Um, weird. That's so weird. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I swear that I had included this somewhere. So, thank you to um, Rebecca for jogging my thank memory you. on it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, there's still so much that we have not really dug into, so I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, last listener question. Start us off. It's from Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Who says, will this book ever end? <laughs> <laughs> we, Just kidding. We literally <laughs> ask ourselves that every week, so. Yeah. We're um, sorry. Just kidding. If Bella and Edward started a podcast, what would it be about? Oh my god. Could you think of a more boring podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, awful. Anything they would do would be awful. It would probably be just, like, literature, or what, which is, like, cool or whatever. But, like, the way that they would do it would be fucking mind-numbing. Okay. There are two things that come to... There Okay, there are a couple things, actually, that come to my brain. <laughs> uh-huh. One, um... If I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, one would be that they review, like, underground Seattle music or, like, wherever they're living. Mm, So, like, because they they both seem to, like, enjoy music more so Edward. Um, Right. But, like, benefit of the doubt. doesn't like anything. (laughs) She's just, like, so above it. Um, Yeah. Benefit of the doubt. That's what I'm giving yeah. um 
is almost like a college radio show, but, like, sure, better. Yeah. Um, worst case scenario is it's, um, it's like a bad Lizzie Bennet Diaries, where they, like, take oh. classic literature and they do, oh. like, radio plays of it. Oh, God. They just, like, it's almost like a... It's almost like role play for them. What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Nope. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, like, I feel like they'd have to do something that's just, like, very uppity and, like, oh, we're, we have good taste and we have better taste than you, so here's our opinions on it. And it's like, which is, like, why everyone starts a podcast, but them specifically <laughs> would be... <laughs> awful (laughs) yeah yeah um that would be yeah that's a that's a thinker that one yeah yeah Uh, i do like the idea of them getting like a little nerdy about music i think that would be fun i feel like that's if i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt about it i feel like that's what they would kind of end up doing I feel like, though, it'd be really easy for <laughs> for Edward to slip and be like, oh, that reminds me of, like, something I listened to as a child, like, the 1600s music. He's <laughs> like, oh, shit, I mean, uh... <laughs> I mean, cut uh, that out. <laughs> I mean, the doors, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah, that's very good. I imagine he'd be the kind of person that, like, instead of recording their introduction music, he, like plays it every time on his piano. Oh, God. <laughs> It's just like, Edward, you don't have to do that. <laughs> it's fine. You can just save one, and that's it. <laughs> and you can just use that one. No, it needs to be real. Can you imagine how insufferable he'd be of just, like, putting a little sign up of, like, um, no talking, recording in session? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the little on-air light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh God, and Emmett just being like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> just like uh, that's the perfect time when he wants to go like break his truck in half and just like right. repair it. Oh yeah. my God, I miss those characters. I wish they weren't awful. Yeah. God damn it. Fuck. Okay. Um. Speaking of awful characters, let's get into this actual awful book. Uh. We are so, folks. We are like. We're getting there, though. Like, we're... Yeah. We're, we're making progress. We're getting into the 300s. Like, we're almost through the wilderness. Um, we're, we're like, soon. Like, before the end of the year. Like, we're getting... <laughs> Jesus. I don't even remember when we started this. Like, it's we're... It's been seven years. We're on... Legitimately, we are on 18 weeks of this. Ugh. That's a long time. I'm so upset. Thank you all for your patience, for your bravery. You're all so strong and resilient. Yep. Okay, so last week we left off. Um, Joe is, like, so healthy now. He's, like, going to therapy. He's, like, in it. Everything's great. He's healing. Things are great. He's processing. And yet... Great. Like, the book is, like, still going. Yeah. I, I wish it just ended there and it's like, and then he got over it and it's great and he stopped murdering people. Yep. Um And it was good. That's it. And it was good. Over. And but, uh, uh, happy ever after, folks. Yep. Um, 
And yet chapter 35 starts and he's in this beige office with Dr. Nikki and he's like super excited, super jazzed when he leaves. Can't relate. Yeah. It's uh, not how I leave therapy. Um, and yet Dr. Nikki's like, oh yeah, that's um, super common. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Um, and he... Dr. Nuki is, like, recommending that he start to look at women. Other women. Other women. Um, and to cure his ailments. <laughs> yes. Mm, that fine medicine <laughs> of coochie. <laughs> That'll put you straight. <laughs> he just gives him, like, a placebo, like, a, a whole pill bottle of, like... Just go get this. Just go get a little pill bottle and it's just sugar pills. How is this guy licensed to practice? He probably isn't. He probably has. (laughs) He probably has like one of those um, online degrees. Oh, sure. He's also (sighs) ordained as a minister. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Um, Yeah, he probably doesn't even have a license. He just like made it on Photoshop. Or, like, MS Paint or something. Sure. Um, and so Joe's like, holy shit, they're, like, women in New York. <laughs> I could fuck other women. Yeah. And he <sighs> gets on the subway, and he's like, wait a second. This whole time that I've been on the subway, there have been other women on the subway, too. And so this is the part that really fucks me up is he gets on the subway and he apparently just starts staring at this woman. Mm-hmm. And I immediately love this woman because she's like, she stares back at him and is like, do I know you? He's yeah. like, no. And apparently he is enamored with her because she apparently smells like ham sandwiches and rubbing alcohol, which is... His version of a love potion. Right? That's the magic trick, baby. So, um, if you were curious how to attract Joe, please smell like anything other than ham sandwiches and rubbing alcohol. And you have to imagine it's the kind of, like, hospital ham sandwiches. Sure. uh, Which is gross. And she's like, you don't know me at all. And he's like, no. And then she's like, then why the fuck are you staring at me? Just Their like, fucking rapport on this train is the most uncomfortable I and hate also it. the most amazing thing I've ever read in my life. Because they're just like, for some reason, she's just like, all right, I'll see this through. Like, let's just, I'm not doing anything right now. Let's figure it out. Uh, and so they had this weird back and forth banter. And he, they're just, she's just like, oh, like, because obviously Joe looks beaten the fuck up. She's like, what happened? And he's like, oh, I got in an accident. Uh, just kidding, I got jumped. And then she's like, why are you lying to a stranger? What is it? Who are you? And he's like, well, I'm just a liar or whatever. And she's like, literally, what is happening right now? <laughs> Which is like how I feel currently in this moment. This was written and also edited and published. What? Yep. Yeah, it's they apparently Karen is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm. I just need to go out with this dude right now because apparently he might buy me a drink. Right. And listen. listen Sometimes. Yeah, I get it. Okay. I listen, get it. we've been, you know what? I, you know, I can't judge you. Who I, among us are above that? 
Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we've all had a day. I get it. Listen. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd trust Joe, but I can't say I'm above you, so I get right. it. Sometimes you get into a staring contest with a stranger. And you call and their bluff, you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then you fuck them. <laughs> In a subway. <laughs> Could you imagine if they're like, they fuck on the middle of the Q train <laughs> and no one even cares. It's just a thing. It's just a fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I... There, there's so much that is just like okay. Um, there's <laughs> this is something. Yeah. Um, but what I do love about this is one. Congratulations, Joe. You did last. So c- good job. Yeah. Improvement. Huge improvement. Yep. Um, um, what I do love about this is that they they kind of kept this similar in the TV show where when once they have sex she says I love you and Joe's like sorry what <laughs> uh, hey oh and she's like um I'm just saying that um except for that in this version Karen actually like means it right um, and she in the, falls hard fellas and in the TV show Karen like doesn't give a fuck which I yeah. like that version of Karen a lot more right because like her personality is kind of the same in the show where she like has a lot of questionable tastes that joe likes to judge and is a good comparison for for beck where he's just like well beck would never like kevin james oh my god (laughs) like all this stuff right but in the book it's a really like all those things are still true but she's just like very clingy and they're they get together very quickly and they stay together for a long time and it's all in the book is all happens very fast and it's like also it's been two months and here we are and you know she's in love with me and i'm just thinking about you beck and it's strange yeah it's this chapter goes by in a very weird pace where like all of a sudden it's been a really long time right um and he like dad is making me a sweater it's like what the fuck is happening yeah yeah time seems to be like all of a sudden a weird weird construct yeah um because this chapter ends up with like they had sex they end up at his apartment um with the chapter ending that she brings him coffee at work the next day Mm. um and chapter 36 starts with yeah like all of a sudden they're like dating and right he's going over to her parents house for sunday dinners and like they're he's continuing to date Karen and and see Dr. Nikki and kind of like go through the motions with Karen being like it's fine but starting to realize more and more that it's not Beck and people like Ethan and Dr. Nikki keep asking him like to further progress this relationship which is making him realize more he doesn't want to yeah um, which is why he starts, again, like, those comparisons kind of thing. But, yeah, like, in the TV show, the Kevin James thing is just kind of, like, there. Right. Like, it's, but it's not, like, the commercials and the, I don't know, they kind of go a lot harder in the book about all these she, things. in this chapter, they're watching television, and they it gets to a Burger King commercial, and she flips off the commercial on that's playing on the television screen and it's like fuck you bk your fries suck don't they suck joe and joe's like are you a robot what (laughs) are you an alien like i'm weird 
and this is weird. Yeah. Joe should always be the weirdest person in any given room. We can't have a, a weirder person in this. It makes it too weird. Yeah, you can't have two people in a car with one repeatedly screaming fuck Taylor Swift and the other one repeatedly screaming <laughs> fuck Burger King. Like, that's not, that's, that's nothing. That's too much chaos. <laughs> I can't handle it. Yeah, that's nothing. Um, and also, I mean, not to say that there aren't people that work in a hospital that have these opinions, because I know that there are. I've sure. experienced them. But also, like, she works in a hospital, I think as a nurse, wants to become a phlebotomist sure can't relate but she's like i don't understand why you're going to therapy all therapists are cheaters and liars and they're quote crazier than their patients and i was like whoa (laughs) like what is happening Uh, yeah i think this author is just against therapy because every depiction of it everything in the show in the in the book it's just like therapists are scams and if you go to one you're also weird because you can't just talk to people about your feelings and you're keeping secrets or it's like you're fucking someone and like having an affair it's like what the fuck what what therapist hurt you like are you okay yeah legitimately who hurts you often yeah (laughs) it's okay like it doesn't have to be like this i've also had bad therapists but and i can't believe i'm gonna say this but like not all therapists. Yeah, hashtag not all therapists. <laughs> all right. I, I, they're not all that way. Yeah. Some of them are, but like. Sure. If all of your therapists are like Dr. Nikki, are you going to Dr. Nikki every single time? Yeah. I have questions. Um, anyways, Joe wants to do his homework. His homework is to make a list of 10 things about why Karen Minty fake name um <laughs> <laughs> oh we should do minty for a patron Fuck. Uh, well we need to next um time. next time someone take that name um yeah. pledge ten dollars and <laughs> name you something minty <laughs> <laughs> um 10 reasons why karen is great um he the list is just awful yeah it's it's just <sighs> It was, like, all of the reasons why I had a crush on someone in middle school. It was, like, they're, they put deodorant on, like, I don't, they're fine. Yeah. The first one is literally just, she grew up with three brothers, so she's mellow. Like, that's the first thing that comes to mind. She has a family, and everything I like about her is out of her control. (laughs) Right. And it's like, you've known this woman for, you spent every waking minute with this woman for like two months. And you're like, well, what makes her cool? She does have three brothers. Men, men, men. (laughs) My favorite thing about Karen Minty is the men in her life. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically what he's saying, so. Yeah. Um, One of hers is... About how Ethan is good people, which is also about the men in her life. Yep. Um, which was basically just a segue for him to talk about how rude Beth, or how rude Blythe was to her. Um, which was a shame, because this is like the first time that we get information about Blythe, and it was just Blythe being Blythe. We gotta stop doing Blythe so dirty. I know. I'm furious. 
life has extremely good taste. That's true. And I don't stand for this slander. Yeah. I'll say it. It's fucked up. I agree. Hard agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, this list is awful. Um, yeah. And so eventually when he gets back to Dr. Nikki, shares this list, finally says, like, um, I don't love Karen, question mark. Yeah. Um, and starts to, you know, check Beck's phone again, finds out that she was invited to this upscale bowling alley, which is something I haven't heard in a long time. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, don't know that I see a lot of those anymore. No, not around these parts. <laughs> um, and so he eventually, like, drags Karen to this, um, to go on a date, aka just to see Beck. Um, and the way that this is described just makes me sad, because he's waiting for her, she doesn't come, oh, yeah. and Karen's going because she's needy and wants him. Yep. And all of it just makes me sad. So, and it just ends with one of the letters that Beck wrote to herself that he's reading. Um, and it's all about Beck just needing to love herself. Shout out Louisa May Alcott. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pour one out. <laughs> Pour one out, indeed. Fucking homie. And that is where the chapter ends. Oh, God, what a miserable book. Just, just two chapters of some stinking hot nothing yeah fully nothing happened we learned nothing yep and i just feel bad for karen minty so next week we've got hopefully something um in in chapters 37 and 38 hey do you think paco's ever gonna come up honestly i'm starting to think he's not here (laughs) i'm starting to think that that was a made-up character i what else are we gonna do? There's still so much more left. We apparently have thirty percent of this to book introduce, left. It's too late to introduce Paco, right? I don't know. I don't know oh. how he's gonna get all these materials. So I honestly don't. That's true. That's true. Um. So well, we we've got our patrons next. Ow. Um. And we have a a link today that was sent to us by Pacheron. Um. Kelly Elliott, otherwise known as Kelly Beck. Um, and it Kelly. is uh, a BuzzFeed article of 24 times Tumblr decided we really need to talk about Twilight again. So, um, would you like to start? Boy, would I. Shout out to Kelly Beck. <laughs> Who's gonna be? Oh, there's so many good ones. There are. Uh, who's going to be number two? The funniest thing in Twilight is when Bella thinks that the guy she has a crush on might be a vampire, so she goes home and just Googles the word vampire. It's ridiculous, but also exactly what I would do in that situation. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Uh, shout out to Sophia Salinger. Ow! Who's going to be um, Ow. number ten. 
Remember there was almost another Twilight book, but someone leaked it, so Stephanie Meyer refused to finish, and I'm 98% sure it was Robert Pattinson, and God bless him. (laughs) Nice. Shout out to Aaron Salinger. Ooh! It's gonna be number eight. Um, There's a lot of layers in here. Let me just peel them back real quick. Uh, Edward. So now that I'm marrying Bella, I'm finally going to be able to enjoy a night with her, but I'm a little confused what to do. Emmett, who's had a presentation prepared since the 1940s. How to smash puss like the frat star you are, getting your rocks off without looking like a total jeed, as tried by someone who has experience in fucking. And it's just Emmett, and then Carlisle is a teacher at the table, or I guess a classmate maybe, just with his head in his hands, upset. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Um, shout out to Aaron Salinger? I just did that. Alex Blythe. Fuck. There's too many Salingers. I, shout out to Alex Blythe. Every time, the last two weeks you've just tripped over Alex. <laughs> You're like, uh. Shout out to Alex Blythe. Forever yes. tripping over your grace. Yes. Um, I don't know why I keep doing this, but I'm sorry. Um, who is going to be number 18. Um, super massive black hole by Muse reminds me of the baseball scene in Twilight, and I can't erase that connection from my mind. It's true. Yes, that's very good. Shout out to Taylor Brown. Town. Who's gonna be number 24? Why everybody be trying to act like they didn't have a twilight phase? You either had a twilight phase or you had an anti-twilight phase. In either case, you invested emotion in twilight. Your twilight phase. (laughs) That's what I've been saying this whole time. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's my thesis. It's true. All right. Shout out to Katie Weber. Yeah. Who's gonna be number 19. Yes. I'm watching Twilight, and I can't believe I never noticed Bella was a lesbian. All that (laughs) plaid, and the only time she is happy is when she gets a truck. That's true. That was honestly the most joy she ever felt in the whole series. (laughs) That's true. She never looked happier, ever. Especially that that one time when she opened the door on Jacob. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Shout out to Simon Motherfucking Steel Yoked to the gods Why was that the voice choice there? I don't know It's just how It's just how I felt, okay? Uh, I'm sorry, Simon (laughs) I'm gonna redact all of that (laughs) (laughs) Just just the longest beep He'll have no idea what I said (laughs) 20 second long beep (laughs) It's gonna be number 14 Bella in her room in the dark at 3am Trying to figure out whether that's her jacket hanging Or Edward standing very still Me? Literally me my whole my whole life. Even now. Even now. <laughs> sure. My cat just tried to bite my toes. Why did can you not? I'm like almost done with the show. Okay. So today I went on to Hugo award winning yes. platform. Yes. And I searched for one of the places 
one of them. Are you? <laughs> I'm okay. broken. My cat just bit my toe and I'm broken. Um, um, wake me up inside. Okay. Um, I just tried to, I, fi- I tried to find one of the fan fictions that had the most kudos. And this uh-huh. one was called A Hundred Winks of Sunshine. And it's published by Sumeyuki? Sure. Um, and it was published a year ago. Um, okay. May 28, 2018. The summary is in which Bella is confident, cheerful, and striving for a happy second life. Colon clan meet Little Miss Positivity. Ooh. And the the ship is Jasper and Bella. This is from the end of the first chapter. Emmett Colon peers through the thick trees that pepper across the entirety of Forks, watching this poor human who was unlucky enough to be a vampire singer. Or was it lucky enough to be Edward's singer? Oh boy, does he remember his own singers? It hadn't so much falling of the bandwagon as it had been enthusiastic as it had been an enthusiastic leap. But no, he needs to stop thinking on that because otherwise he's gonna have to go feed again. With eyes as golden as possible and stomach sloshing with what is perhaps just a little too much animal blood, but better safe than sorry, when she's caught Edward's attention so, Emmett tracks the daughter of the police chief as she crosses her backyard. A tiny waif of a girl, though she's clearly not scared of getting down and dirty. Folding his arms, Emmett crouches lower on the tree branch, tracking the girl's progress as she scales one of the larger trees in the backyard. She's got a thick piece of rope tied tight around her waist, the excess length trailing back to earth and wiggling as she climbs. It's only when she loops it around one of the sturdy limbs branching off from the trunk that Emmett clicks what she's doing. It's been a while since he saw a human make an old-fashioned swing. Hell, it's been a while since anyone in the family made an old-fashioned swing. When you can run faster than a car, that kind of thing doesn't hold the same appeal as it once did. The sun continues its steady march down to hide beneath the trees, and Isabella Swan never wavers from her self-appointed task. Soon enough, an imperfect swing, complete with wooden plank seat and duct-taped handles on the rope itself, now hangs proudly from the tree. With her hands planted firmly on her waist, Isabella gives the latest addition to the yard a quick inspection. She must be pleased with what she sees because a wide grin breaks out across her face and Emmett is treated to the hilarious sight that is Isabella Swan attempting a running leap onto her creation. She overshoots the runway, ass missing the seat, not even (laughs) managing a quick peck of action as she flies over it. The sheer amount of effort it takes to not laugh at her almost brings Emmett to his knees, though his smile is hella genuine when the girl just laughs at herself. She has to double back further into the forest when she actually does manage to get up onto the swing and then fall right back off again after she too engaged in her victory dance. Oh man, she's a riot. He's so glad Edward didn't eat her. And scene. Oh wow. Yes. Very intriguing, indeed. Interesting. Yes. One of the pure ones I've read in a while. Right, yeah, listen, we've read some filth, so it's nice to get some just fine content. 
I feel like it's starting to balance out from all the Fifty Shades stuff that we had to sure, listen to. Yeah, we got to do a lot of work to <laughs> balance right, you know? Yeah. <sighs> well, I don't know how to make up for Sheen's beans, but uh, I can... I can do something here, so. Never uh, make up for sheets. <laughs> <laughs> sheets beans is uh, something. Well, um, well, Charlie, <laughs> as we say in Seattle, get bit and get whips. Ow! This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as IntoTheTwilight.show. You can send us an email at IntoTheTwilightShow at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at IntoTheTwilight.BigCartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at YourGhostToast44 on Instagram. And our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at EliSourKraus and KrausFilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ally on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone